Welcome back. In life. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're back on the mic. Boys Lunch Podcast. Coming at you hot this May. Twice in a one month. As things are heating up outside, <laughs> we're heating up on this microphone. It is good to be here. I'm Joey, joined by my fellow friend and colleague, Paul. And we are Boys Lunch, two Catholic teachers discussing life, and life will be discussed today. Absolutely. And we're trying to come back at you a little bit quicker uh, between podcasts because people are mowing their yards, and apparently our listenership skyrockets when the law needs mode so scott vogel get off our back okay? i was going last night i was looking for a podcast to listen to like i don't i can't even listen to my own <laughs> we don't have anything i don't listen to my own thoughts it's crazy you can uh, as always email us your great questions and commentary like many of our long listeners have allison kevin the vogels all of them every single one and um isaac sanders saw him ah shout out we'll save that for later but anyway you can email us at boyslunch1 at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments i do want to uh our only emails are just security alerts new sign-ins oh as i sign in yeah. <laughs> you didn't do the two-step verification <laughs> uh anyway i want to do a beginning shout out oh there's a couple of, like new listeners uh jack wisdom colin hayes oh absolutely Medley Snurley. I think Gavin Young was in the car too. They just started, they were driving somewhere and put on boys lunch and listened. And I think they tried a few more out. So, uh, well, Hey, we appreciate you just because I know you might not make it to the end. I want to give you <laughs> That's a shout true. out. That's true. Okay. Appreciate that. <laughs> Keep it up people. Love it. Didn't they, uh, they just showed up one day and they started saying things about our lives, but there were things from like six months ago. Oh and yeah. I was just like, kind of like looking at them that I kind of piece it together. What was it? I think Medley was like, oh, so your uh, favorite Christmas song is or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. He's like, uh. So I do love that. We are, that's called the digital footprint, Paul. Absolutely. What we said two years ago, Christmas time, people can know. We got to be careful about what we're saying. Since we're doing beginning shout outs, before I forget, uh -oh. um, I have to move because Focus, Fellowship of Catholic University Students, has found my new address. I got a <laughs> mailer from one Ashley Miller. Oh. So first off, congratulations, Ashley. Excited for you. Nice. And uh, yeah, appreciate the the kind words on your your mailer that I got. A mailer? I didn't get a mailer. You didn't get a mailer? I don't really check my mailer much. Maybe we did. <laughs> I guess Ashley doesn't want any of my money. That's she would say don't tell Joey. So. She hasn't even gone to training yet. It's just like a... It was like a stock mailer. So I don't know if this is like first putting out feelers. Yeah, put, put some feelers out. But anyway, we're going to help if you out here, Ashley. you want to donate exactly. and support a Ash great cause, if you want our next generation to be baptized. <laughs> if you care about the church at all, Ashley Miller you support Ashley needs Miller. your support as a Fellowship of Catholic University student. So you can send all of those donations to Boys Lunch One. <laughs> I'm feeling fresh, looking fresh. Got a haircut last night. Oh. Shaved. Paul has not. I have not. No. Still looking fresh. Can't wait. Getting a haircut this summer. Sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait. The other day I was thinking randomly about you. You know, and that's a normal thing to As do. As people do. I was picturing you with hairstyles I've seen you over the years. Just more of like when you have it, not like as short as mine, but more like yeah. this. A little short on the sides, a little 
fluff on top. Absolutely. You remember the old helmet hair from uh, high school? No, I'm thinking then? more like professional. Like oh, recently. professional. Like, Whoa. First off, that wasn't professional. Well, I, mean, <laughs> like, I didn't know you had a professional. Or I styled it with that. a beanie. Yeah. 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 No, I've. Uh, I was like, wow, you look a lot younger when you do that. Absolutely. You just look like you're carrying a lot of weight with you now. Well, that's because the beard right now is just so filled with white hair. Yeah, what's going on? You want to talk about it? Uh, just loving life. Someone told me I looked like I aged over the weekends. On just Tuesday. the weekend? Yeah. Well, I believe that. You had a doozy of a weekend. Oh, my goodness. Illness running through. We were going to try to get an uh, episode out earlier, but uh, we got a nasty stomach bug that hit pretty much the whole household. And when you got kids and a stomach bug is running through the house, I think you worded it as a battlefield? It was a battlefield. Yeah, a four-year-old, seven-year-old learning how to throw up and work their way through diarrhea is a tough situation. So, And this is why you listen to Boys Lunch. Diarrhea. You don't think about it, but like it's a process in life learning how to not make a mess when things are coming out of your body that you don't want coming out. Oh, no, for sure. We all had to learn at some point, and that was there. You kind of forget that you did have to learn that. That's like when Zaley just stands stands there, looks you in the eyes, and then just vomits on the floor. It's like, did you not feel anything coming? You had to have known. I like look the other way. Like I'll have the bucket in front of him or the toilet in front of him, and he'll start like turning away from it. He sprayed it all over the wall. (laughs) And of course, as dads, we're so calm about that. What are you doing? He's calm. It's right there. Oh, honey, it's okay. It was a doozy of a weekend, but glad we're here. You know, I'm, I'm able to eat solid meals again. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Pedialyte uh, saltine diet that you were rocking on Tuesday. Yikes. <laughs> you lost some weight, though. You look good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Glowing now. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited for life, man. You had the summer coming up. Yeah, cut the grass yesterday. Still need to pull some weeds out in the back, but... Uh, we, I don't know if I talked about the animal problem last time. Uh, I read the text, though, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Update it, on that. I think we have a protective cat. It's not our cat, but it might as well be. Do you know if it belongs to anyone or if it's just Do a not know. So cat? I was like, I haven't seen this cat ever. I'm like, I feel like I've seen a cat before, like in our back. But uh, I went out to throw some garbage into the garbage can the other night. Uh and I just saw like a baby bunny just kind of writhing in pain on my driveway. Uh, just wondering what happened. And I just, as I walked back up to the house, I saw like an animal out of the corner of my eye. And I naturally went, <laughs> <laughs> and ran back inside. It was a cat just sitting and watching me. I think pleased with its work, but wasn't done with the job because it wanted to put it on a mat somewhere. Uh, yesterday or the day before, we found uh, three carcasses of baby bunnies that were decapitated on our back door mat because we took away our front door mat. So it was like, I need somewhere to put this. I just, I love it so much. That was like, I wasn't even mad. It was kind of funny. Like, just picturing this cat going to the front door. Are you please? <laughs> and just be like, where is this mat for me to present my. Where am I supposed to put this? <laughs> How is he going to be proud of me if he can't see it? Yeah. And I can't put it down just here. Just so I am, I am proud of the cat. I feel like I should start giving it a name. I want to know if like other neighbors are finding it as well, or if it's become attached to you for whatever reason. He sees know. you and the boys playing basketball out front, and it's like that's a solid family. Yeah, that's a like family, family that deserves. Something. Yeah, they need some. They need something. I'll yeah. protect you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had we had two uh, bunny families that are had. 
Well, yeah, because I think that one of them uh, lived on, lives under our deck. Yeah, we've got one of those. It went like and, and deep in the fall, went underneath there and made its home. And then uh, we have a front bush that we have another. So I think they felt nice and welcomed. And the cat's like, no, jeez, <laughs> not anymore. Anyway, um, what else is going on? There was a massacre. Um, seniors are gone. Seniors are gone. Congrats, seniors. Good luck with your journey. Actually, they're not completely gone. We have graduation Sunday, but had our awards and honors yesterday. Proud of you guys. Finished your finals. You did it. Sayonara. So we've got one week left of school here. See ya. <laughs> one week left. Yeah. Your last. Your last. Because you can't teach anything next week. We got they review days. They won't let you. I just I have so much I more want to give them. <laughs> so much wisdom to share. Yeah, I think uh, some of the. Uh, excitement and nerves about next year starting to actually hit in now that yep. this year's done mm-hmm. realizing that the same class i've been teaching is going to be a little bit different what i have to do how i have to deliver it's going to change is both exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time yeah i had one of those i wouldn't call it an existential crisis but i sat down at the desk and i'm looking at the curriculums for next year and two classes i've never taught before and switching to freshman first semester and an elective that we're deciding on all exciting opportunities all exciting opportunities for growth but you kind of forget you have to put the work in. yeah wait a second <laughs> yeah that's what summer's for and we're going to be very productive and we do enjoy the summers we enjoy them especially for all the work we get to do it's true that's what our teachers <laughs> <laughs> we got a big house reveal today which is again exciting and interactive absolutely yeah get to find out or the rest of the gaudium house that i'm a part of and you Let's are a part of caritas uh, so old. we get to find out who the rest of the crew is. They're getting welcomed into the houses in a ceremony this afternoon, which will be exciting. And next week we'll read off everyone in our house to you. <laughs> Just so you guys know. I want to shout out Tammy, <laughs> Jeff. Cool. Is that enough with life, man? Or do you have more? I think so. <laughs> we, were, we just recorded last week, so. Did we really? I think so. Because remember we were going to do it Friday? <laughs> you were just like, I mean, we just released one on Monday. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, everything will be fine. Nothing will happen to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was even ready Friday. I had something. I think I was just feeling some Friday vibes, though. Right. End of the year, Friday the vibes. The weekend had already begun. I am uh, in a weird exhaustion. because we. It's not a funk. You're in a funk. It's an exhaustion from just, like, all the things that had to be done in the last few weeks. And just carry over from April and May. And, like, uh, Closing So now time. it's like, <laughs> there's a void here where it's like, I still I need to start looking towards next year, but I am still just utterly exhausted. Yeah, um, you got. Yeah, we're gonna next be fine. Week, everything's gonna get done. You're gonna focus on it. Lock it. Lock it. Cool, cool, cool. You know, that reminds me, a philosopher once. <laughs> <laughs> Dostoevsky once said. Uh, I got a little something that I I'm uh, doing a classic. Don't tell Paul anything. I love these. Uh, the listeners kept asking for more. They're like, hey, Joey, do more episodes. We don't tell Paul what you're going to talk about. Paul is so good when he's trying to process and talk at the yeah. same time. He's so good at that. I told you about some of this before. It did happen to be three or four weeks ago, <laughs> but you have heard some of this. Yeah. It's a continuation of something I did before about the suffering servant. So you're good, man. Yeah, absolutely. What's well, not about I would have hated servant. to have reviewed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not specifically about the suffering Right, 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 right. Hello, Paul. Hey, Joey. <laughs> you know, okay. Here's the topic for today. The topic? Yeah. And by today, I mean we recorded it yesterday, and 
I did not tell you the topic mm. and I wanted to see how you did. And you performed probably the best that you've ever performed. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to using, wait, wait. And unfortunately <laughs> I did not like how it turned out. So we're re-recording and I apologize to all the listeners. Paul had some gold. Paul, gold. you produce pure gold, but we can't use that thing. You like, yeah, uh, never mind. We no, it's fine. It. It's, it's fine. fine. Let's not get caught in the past. I wanted to talk about something that I thought was cool and that was fruitful for me. Uh, kind of continuation of the episode, Hymn of the Heart, mm-hmm. how I talked about how in different cultures where they memorize these stories and these songs and these little tales more, it meant more to them, especially within Jewish culture. If you read some of these Psalms or different um, passages from the prophets, like that was a lived experience and that was their family tradition that they passed on. And it spiritually meant so much to them, mm-hmm. right? And it reflected a deeper connection to their history and to God. So if you read the suffering servant passage of Isaiah, it's a very moving passage. If you read uh, Psalm 51 is a very popular Psalm of David, his hymn of like asking for mercy. It's poetry. Like it, it just moves back and forth through your heart, through your mind, uh, pure heart create, put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Give me again, this joy, all this great thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was uh, reflecting and I was thinking, why does this move us so much? And I was listening to a, someone that was talking about why literature and why poetry is so impactful and why fiction is so impactful. And I've struggled to like get things out of fiction and I've discussed that on podcasts before. And this guy was talking about why does, why does fiction almost seem more real than what our real life is? Why does art mean something to us when it's abstract, maybe in nature, or when it's something, why does it have this pull? And he talks about how artists and poets and these people they're able to look at the world and what's going around on around us and they watch these patterns that everyone acts out when they see some representation of those patterns it's part of our cultural history and they're able to express it in some way that moves us Mm -hmm. they're able to look at what all of us do they're able to visualize this and express it to us in a way and transmit that message to us and teach us that message Uh, and it has that impact on us am i making sense yeah I feel like I'm saying more than I did yesterday. Ah, I guess we're going to find out when we re-listen. But I think what you're, the point you're making is that an artist or um, a writer is able to observe the world around them and produce a work of art that gets to the point of it, uh, cuts through, and it's something that we're able to see that we also experience, but mm-hmm. they've done it in such a clear way because uh, maybe our senses aren't as dulled by um, the demands of the day, but we're, we're stopping to read something or um, look at something that is, that is, that is striking. And we, and we have a desire to know why it's striking. Yeah, so the artist is able to watch and they get this intimation of what, what all this is and they write it down. They help move human culture forward. In some ways, like it's a reflection of the culture. Sometimes we move forward in the wrong way. And I would say some of the new art that's coming out um, can maybe move us in the wrong path, but when it's rooted in truth, when it's rooted in goodness and beauty, like we've said over and over again, it helps move human culture forward. It helps say the things that maybe we're feeling. We all know that Shakespeare is fiction. When I was reading the Brothers K, when we were reading that, we knew it was fiction, but sometimes that fiction is more true than anything because yeah. it's it's taking a story that needs to be told about you, Paul, and me, Joey, and our audience. Um, and abstracts that out and says, here, this is something that is a key part of the human experience and we're affected by this. And it's represented in this pattern in a way that means something to us, right? Yeah. And he gives the example of like numbers. I don't know if I need to go into that. 
but how numbers are abstracted out of mathematical reality. But we wouldn't say that numbers aren't true. Right. So why are we saying that poetry isn't true? It's this abstraction of reality, this deep hymn of the heart, like I said, that's moving. And I was just looking at it, and yeah, there are great poets, poets, and they're great writers and painters, uh, but they're also great saints. There's a deeper element to reality. And I was thinking about how cool it is that the saints are really those people of the culture that are able to analyze the human experience and bring so much more out of it to move our culture forward. When we're yearning for something more, that deeper transcendent reality, when we're aching for meaning and purpose, or like we just want to be inspired. They are the true artists in a way when it comes to the soul, mm-hmm. when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to relationship with being itself, with God itself, and how their abstraction in the form of maybe their prayers that they write, their poems, their encouragement, their stories, their lives is so moving uh, and it helps us grasp onto something. Yeah, because they've taken these truths of the human person, this reality that is shared with everybody, and they've um, they live it to its fullness, that fullness of being, that holiness that they exude. It, it's it's in every aspect of their life, from their writings, from their actions, um, to their prayer life, and people see that. And, 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 and again, their very presence, their very being resonates with us because, um, yeah, they've drawn these truths out, and they have seen how the human person ought to be, and they live that in such a in such a loving and, and charitable way that um, it inspires. And I think, yeah, they are truly artists uh, with the lives that they live. And it's a true gift to us because mm-hmm. when we look, when we look upon that, we see not only is it possible, but also we see what, um, what we see Christ in them. We see mm-hmm. what humanity is meant to be. And it's something to, to aim and inspire for not always perfectly, but in a way it, it, it does move us as in a similar way that art does. Yeah. Like, like you said, they're showing us it's possible. And then a comment you made yesterday I really liked was this idea that they're teaching us this. Mm-hmm. They're giving us this insight. They've been able to kind of analyze this drama of history and this battle of good and evil. And they're able to teach us the way. And I think that's what's so important. And I think it's good when people do that within the culture. Like all the great art that's done that isn't just strictly sacred can teach and evangelize and help move all of humanity. But we have to remember to appreciate what's been given to us within our own church and family. Uh, there are so many great writings, specifically like spiritual books, poems, hymns that have been composed that are so beautiful that I think we've lost within our culture. Yeah, and, and when be, when being taught anything, there's a humility that's required. And I think people will have trouble with art or poetry. And you talked about how we were kind of late to the scene, late bloomers, if you will, when it mm-hmm. came to that. But Part of it is just having the humility to know that you need to receive something from all people. When it comes to art, there is something to be grasped from it and learned, and that the artist is hoping to express something, not like uh, some modern art that we've talked about that um, is pushing an agenda or is trying to uh, elicit a reaction, but something that uh, an artist that speaks um, this profound truth through their work or poetry that resonates with us and calls us and, and we learn, we are formed by it, we are taught in it. And um, and you, you find that profound humility in the saints, mm-hmm. right there, not my will. And we change our lives based off of that. And, that's, um, and we see the saints take the teachings of Christ and Christ's life and it is, it's- Yeah, I think cool. art, anytime you're kind of expressing yourself, it's a good thing. And sometimes it's just about my will. Mm-hmm. I think we learn from that expression. Sometimes we need to get things out there and I think, the critique of modern art is, is a lot more subjective about the ego, the person, mm. the I, 
But I think sometimes there's, that's not a bad thing. I'm glad people are expressing right. it can be themselves. Yeah. But I think what has stood the test of time is those that have been produced in thy will. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're putting out that art that is transcendent, that is leading you to something bigger than yourself, it's going to stand the test of time. Yeah. So when you have these beautiful hymns, uh, the the Pange Lingua, I think it is, mm-hmm. like, um, even just like um, Aquinas' hymns, like the Tantum Merico, like those, those Eucharistic hymns mm-hmm. are so beautiful. And I'm glad that we're singing some of those in Epiphany. And that, that's been kind of a tradition within there. Uh, the 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 Pange lingua or lingua sing my tongue the Savior's glory of His flesh the mysteries sing of the blood all price exceeding shed by our our mortal King destined for the world's redemption from a noble womb to spring, like when you sit and rest on these why are these so moving? Um, it, well, first of all the way that they're writing is beautiful the way it's composed and looks on a paper is pleasing, and the words themselves mean so much something much more than the words mm. the attention is drawing you to something greater. Um, and the aesthetic and the words, I'll draw you to a deeper thing. And I think that's what was bringing me so much fruit and joy within Lent, and especially just some of the writings about fasting, about Christ's sacrifice, when it moves you to maybe some things that you can't think of, an imagery mm-hmm. that it's hard for you to picture, they're putting that in your mind for you. They're showing you it's possible, like you said, and they're teaching you the way. And there's just some great like lines and stuff, some great masters, Teresa of Avila, uh, I'll just read a few things. I think they're great. Oh, what great blindness that we seek rest where it is impossible to find it. Have mercy, creator, on the, these your creatures. Behold, we don't understand or know what we desire, nor do we obtain what we ask for. Lord, give us light. Behold, the need is greater than the man born blind, for he wanted to see the light and couldn't. Now, Lord, there's no desire to see. Oh, how incurable an illness. Here, my God, is where your power must be demonstrated. Here, your mercy. Oh, what a difficult thing I ask you, my true God, that you love someone who doesn't love you, that you open to no one or open to one who doesn't knock, that you give health to one who likes to be sick and goes about looking for sickness. It goes on, but like you're hearing an experience of someone who's had such a deep connection. And when she shares that with us, it is such a great gift Mm. because she's using her spiritual insight and her human gifts to teach us, to move us to have an experience of truth. It's an experience that hits your intellect, but it also hits your will of your love and your, it hits your passions, yep. your desires for beauty and goodness. And I think we need to appreciate that more. And it's just something that I was appreciating a lot uh, within my prayer. Do you have anything to add to that? That's beautiful. But there was these, uh, to kind of wrap this up and to bring maybe a, a good message. What I was saying within the hymn of the heart, the suffering servant passage was, I think, so important to that early culture within Judaism, within early Christianity, mm-hmm. and why it's been a reading set at Good Friday throughout the years. The Regina Chaley hymn, it's been such a great Easter hymn of re- rejoicing that we've said over and over again, um, to find maybe some of those hymns within your life, that passage maybe from the Bible from a saint that can be a resounding hymn within your life. I was reading a few things. This is from Edith Stein. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross is her other name. But she was uh, a Jewish woman right during World War mm-hmm. II that converted to Catholicism. She died in a concentration camp, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. But this is just a, a writing from hers. And she had this little hymn. These lines, I think the saints, they come up with these things. Uh, Edith Stein's was Ave Crux, Space Unica, Hail Cross, Our Only Hope. And she has a long prayer and she has this passionate paragraph. And then after the paragraph, it's this hymn again, hail cross, our only hope, blah, 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 hail cross, our only hope. Mm-hmm. Teresa of Avila had a poem, the way of the cross, a similar thing. 
Within the cross is life and consolation. It alone is the road leading to heaven. Has her little stanza. It is alone the road leading to heaven. Like this memory or like um, this repetition, maybe this need that we need, this hymn of the heart. And what I was trying to connect, I guess, is this idea that these saints, they're able to, again, abstract this reality of humanity. They're able to understand the, the thread, the keys of the heart that we need. And they're able to express that in a language that is beautiful and pleasing mm-hmm. and that is prayerful. And for us to, to grasp upon that, because that's what catapults us further within mm-hmm. human culture and spirituality. And these little short hymns of the heart need to be expressed from our lives within our minds and our intellect. Our mind is important. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's good to read these, to memorize them, to say it, to express that out loud to people, to remind ourselves and to live that. And I think as it was setting these things up, that was my, my prayer that got me through Lent. Uh, these beautiful lines of hail cross our only hope uh, it is alone the road to our salvation uh, the one before i've said uh, or the cross is steady while the world is turning mm-hmm. there's a reason these mean so much it comes from a depth and a, a truth a humility from these beautiful saints yeah and i think you can see it in the rhythm of those prayers they're almost chant-esque mm-hmm. or um that it it provides a rhythm of life and a why to the life. So it's important that we fall back on these, these profound sayings or, or images that bring about profound meaning in our lives mm-hmm. to return to those often and to have them on the tip of our tongue or to uh, constant recognition of, in the heart to remind us of the why and to push us forward and to mm-hmm. see the, the greater why for what, why we do what we do, but also this, this profound reality of what God has done for us mm-hmm. and, and why we desire to return to him. Right? Yeah. We, I, I, I was talking yesterday, we as humans are just fascinating creatures in that we have this continuing thread of, of humanity, of, of history, where we're all still looking for that purpose. And we have this connection. We have people who have been able to connect the dots for us. Yeah. And there's going to be continue to be great people who come and they're able to connect this drama and understand it and express it in different ways, which like, if you look at our past podcast, we've had podcasts talking about pieces of art, like actual paintings that have moved us. Uh, we've talked about books that have moved us. Uh, we've talked about, uh, saints lives that have moved us. We've talked about even just theological gems that have moved us. And I think I just wanted to recognize the genius of these people is that they're able to abstract that for us and teach us uh, and leave us with something. Yeah. In the poem and the hymn that got me the most, um, I lost the Latin for it, uh, but the English, my God, I love thee. And it, it goes into this thing and it's a hymn just kind of saying, God, I love you, not because I fear hell, uh, but because it is right to love you. My God, I love thee, not because I hope for heaven thereby, not yet since they who love thee not must burn eternally. Thou, O oh my Jesus, you did love me upon the cross embrace. For me did you bear the nails and spear and manifold disgrace. In griefs and torments numberless and sweat of agony, even death itself and all for one who was thine enemy. Then why, O oh blessed Jesus Christ, should I not love thee well, not for the sake of winning heaven or of escaping hell, not with the hope of gaining aught, not seeking a reward, but as thyself has loved me, O ever loving Lord. Even so I love thee and will love and in thy praise will sing solely because thou art my God and my eternal King. It's just this 
great poetry in the, in that poetry is a deep reality of Lord, help me to love you because you are my King, not because I want heaven, not because I'm scared of hell, because it is right and it is just, mm -hmm. and it is my mean. I don't know. I think I'm a poet now, <laughs> but I do think, uh, yeah, I think you put it well into words. What, what is at the heart of something so beautiful like that? Right? What does it remind us of? What does it draw us to and why we should seek that out? That's, that's good stuff. But stop, yeah, stop ignoring the beauty of our tradition. These prayers that maybe you've heard since you were little, take a step back and look at them and realize them for what they are. They are beautiful. They are pleasing. Mm -hmm. uh, they're good for you. And to internalize that more. A call again to maybe like find that hymn of your heart, to learn from the masters, the poets, the creators within our own community. They are using these great human gifts uh, to express love for the Lord in a unique and distinct way. Yeah. And to encourage people to take a moment before a piece of art or work of art. Um, I was just thinking to myself how many times I've walked into a church and there's stained glass, there's mm -hmm. statues, there's artwork uh, hung up that I just ignore, right? Because I'm busied with the day or, or worried about time or got to get out of here or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, yeah, to just try to find a moment to sit with that and practice. And we were talking this last week, and I try not to trash like modern age too much, but what you, what you kind of miss within our architecture and stuff is the character. Yeah. There's nothing wrong if you go into a, a church and there isn't that much stained glass or statues and stuff, but um, what it could be, you know, yeah. to not just be that negative Nancy, but to appreciate like that is our character, that is our story, and that is moving in some way. It helps me understand more. It helps me picture things more. Cool beans. Cool beans. Do we have yeah. shout outs? We, we did, did some shout outs. We did some at the beginning. Right. You got any additional shout outs? Uh, Jack Bremer stopped in. Oh, yes. Uh, and said hi. So shout out to Jack. Um, any other alums that we had? Ella Larson stopped in. Isaac Sanders has made a few appearances. Yeah. It's good to see Isaac. Yeah. Isaac's doing what's pray for Isaac. He's in seminary right now. Yeah. Uh, and I believe uh, Deacon Daniel Dionysotis is getting ordained. Yeah, really excited. The first uh, priest to be ordained since Father Doug Hennessy from our high school, which he was ordained, I believe, in 1963. Is that what it was? So we've had a lot of great and holy men and women that have come yeah. out of the school. We have not had one that has made it uh, to be, or ordained. at least been ordained for the priesthood in the Diocese of Peoria. Yeah, we, I think we've had others. Right? Okay, other religious. Right. Right. So we're excited. Way to start a trend. Let's go. Let's go. Cool. For the kingdom? For the kingdom.